Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Analysts Inside Cricket, a really exciting day's cricket at Lords today, the fourth day of the Test match which leaves England with a lead of 104 with six wickets left, Stokes and Butler at the crease. And beautifully poised, but I think at least after yesterday's play, where I felt, I think we all felt a bit gloomy really, because there was no way through for Steve Smith, and you just could see one way traffic for Australia gradually extending their their power and presence in the series and giving England uh, no chance. I actually think today England have hit back. What do you think? Well, yeah. Well, I suppose what they've done today is they've ruffled Smith, haven't they? I mean, it was a for a moment it was one of those. Oh, when you saw him hit the deck yeah, after being horrible. struck by Archie, a horrible moment. You thought, what's happening here? Are we going to witness you know, something that we saw you know, mm. in, in the past? You know, and I didn't, it didn't look as serious as the Philip Hughes yeah. situation, but the way Smith went down, it looked serious. Mm. And, and you know, fortunately, it wasn't, and he got back up. But it showed that England... Have uh, got through Smith. They, they they ruffled him, didn't they? They hit him on the arm, Archer. They hit him in the in the neck, and then when he came out, it was really difficult actually. When he came out, forty minutes late, he was all over the place mm. uh, with Definitely. his batting, and he you know, he, was, he was playing a different way, a completely different way mm. to the way he played so far in the series. He, he looked, he did look ruffled, but then you know it may well be that he didn't have a great amount of feeling in his left arm. You know, not so much the the bang on the on the. Neck as, as the bang on the arm as well because yeah, it, 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 it's, it's not it's not easy to grip the back in a situation. You know, like it is that's true, but it's it's more the mental thing. It's you know you get hit, and I was talking about this the other day, being hit by Imran Khan a couple of times in yeah. Lords, and it's the shock of it actually first. Mm. And I think not so much for a tail ender because you all sort of almost be expected to be hit at some point. But as a top class player, in the case of Steve Smith, he's the best player in the world. Then when when a player like that who's in such apparently invincible form, gets hit, not only once, but actually three times. You've got glancing blow on the shoulder, one on the arm, and then the one on the side of the neck. 
And I think you start to doubt yourself then mentally and you start being... It really shakes you up. Mm. And as you rightly said, you know, when he came back out to bat, he was really all over the place. I I think it will have a a fairly significant effect on him, you know, because he'll go back in the nets and now start to doubt picking the ball up at that speed, at that sort of length. And I just remember being here in 1983, I know it was a long time ago, but there was a lot of quick bowls around in the, in the 80s, and most of them were West Indian. And George Ferris from Leicestershire was quick, really awkward, sort of angled in from outside off, wide on the crease, you know, kind of followed you. He hit Roland Butcher, who was a, a very good hooker at the ball, yeah. also West Indian, playing for Middlesex. I mean, he was a fantastic hooker. He was, yeah. And and he got clattered on the side of the head. And he had, I think, either side pieces or actually no helmet. I forget which. But the ball crashed into his cheekbone and rearranged his face for life. And changed his whole career. I mean, he struggled a bit when he came back, really. And, you you know, it gives you kind of nightmares, that kind of thing, as the player who, who was hit. So... I think it will have an effect. I mean, Smith is probably strong enough and good enough to, to handle it, but it has just asked a question. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it will be fascinating to see how Smith plays tomorrow, presuming that he is allowed to bat. They'll have another... There'll be an issue with when he comes in, won't well, they? Well, um, Or have you not checked that? I'm the, not the, sure the, about the, that. Well, the first, first thing's first, though. He'll have another... Uh, concussion check, check in the morning, morning to yeah. see whether everything's fine and also there's that aspect you talk about the psychological aspect as well you know you, you're, you're out there you're, you're caught up in the moment big crowd you're hitting the net the adrenaline's flowing you're 80 not out you want to come back and get that Ashes 100 before you know, especially you know here at Lords yeah. before the team is all out so you come back you know he went through the protocols fine but also, there's also that aspect of you know going back to your hotel room you know, being on your own at 11 o'clock at night before you go to sleep, just thinking about what's happened today, yeah. waking up in the middle of the night, yeah. thinking about waking up tomorrow morning with a, you know, with a sore neck and a sore arm. So there's that, there's that aspect to it as well. Sometimes we just think of, you know, and it's easy with Smith because he sort of bats like that, sort of being just players being robots. You forget they're sort of human beings. They all have, you know, they all have these sort of emotional, psychological issues as well. So... You know, who who knows that what sort of Smith we're going to mm. see tomorrow? But you know, clearly, he's a he's a top class player, incredible player. Um, and you sort but of everybody's him, human, exactly. You back you back him to to deal with it and score runs. I don't. It's not. I don't think it's one of those where you think it's going to ruin his career or anything like that. You you, you back him to still come out and score yeah. runs. But when he faces Archer, you just, you, you just feel for the, perhaps the first time in the series that there's a sort of bit of an opening for England. Yes, exactly, and and it gives the other bowlers confidence as well to know not only have they got a, a chap who can frighten the, the even the top order players but then also potentially finish off the innings. Archer only took two wickets but you feel like he helped Chris Wokes getting wickets the other end and even Leach got a wicket as well so it, it's that impact that those quick bowlers have that sort of freak out especially the lower order batsmen and actually the way he used the short of a length delivery today, similar to Pat Cummins and similar to somebody I play with, Wayne Daniel, played for Middlesex for a long time, who's also very quick. And what they do is with an older ball is they bang it in short and some of them get up and some of them don't. Yeah. And that starts to say to the batsman, well, how are you going to play this? Are you going to go up with the ball and if it gets big on you, you're going to have to deal with it? Or are you going to duck? But then if it doesn't bounce, mm. what are you going to do? Are you going to try and hook? But the ball's coming off at different heights. So actually, Smith tried all the responses. He tried ducking, weaving, hooking, um, fending off, and he never looked that comfortable. And 
other pitches may not create the same level of uneven bounce. I've just seen at Laws before, from that pavilion end, it does work. Just using that short ball, fast, obviously, to, to just cr- come off at different heights, it does cause batsman problems. So the, the Australians will undoubtedly use it in the morning, and, and especially against the lower order England players. And, and then, of course, Arch has got the potential to use it too, as long as they bowl him from the pavilion end. Yeah, well, See, that, that didn't happen, did it? He broad exactly. bowled from the pavilion end, and yeah. Archer bowled from the nursery They got end. that wrong, England, twice. Not only in, on the second day, when Archer started bowling, 6.15 in the evening, but also on the, on the fourth day as well, today, he bowled starting off from the nursery end. That nullifies his natural ability, which is to get the ball back into the right-hander. So what do England do when they, presumably at some point tomorrow, come out and defend XXX, whatever it's, it's going to be? Do, do they bowl Wokes from the nursery end yes. and open with Archer and just hold broad back? Well, or you could bowl broad down from the pavilion end and Wokes. Wokes must bowl from, from the nursery at the end. nursery end yeah. and broad... Okay, you could start with Broad for four overs. I, I've got a feeling that Archer just might be more dangerous with a slightly older ball. Right. So, you can, so you can open with Wokes and, um, and, broad. and Broad. But don't bowl Archer at the nursery end. It yeah. nullifies his threat. Yeah. And by the way, you, you, today we've had in this summer, I suppose, quite a few epic moments, memorable moments of cricket. Obviously the World Cup final, the Irish Test match, the, the sort of the erratic nature of both batting teams in that game and then today I think it's true fastest ever over bowled by an England player since the records began which is nearly 20 years 92.1 Archer averaged in that uh, I think it was his 25th over yeah. and that's I mean that's amazing, isn't it? And a 96 mile an hour delivery as well. I'm just the fastest ball, ball of the summer. I'm just trying to think of fast spells that I've seen, either live or on yeah. or on TV. I mean, you go back to '76, that spell that Michael Holding bowled to Brian Close and John Edrich yeah. at, at Old Trafford on on the Saturday evening. You know, the West Indies quartet when they were in operation in the 1980s. Uh, there was a Test series in West Indies that Test match where Phil Edmonds had the the bruise on his chest. God, when was that? That was in the in the in no, the 80s. Yeah, mid eighties as well. Mike Gatting was hit hit in the face. Yeah, that's that, a one day international, but that sort of era. Yeah, and then there was you know Devon at actually Patrick De- Devon Malcolm at um, Devin, yeah, yeah pa- Patrick Mal- Patterson. Patrick Patterson was, was playing in that Test yeah, match. Well, that's that's ferociously that, quick on that, an uneven correct. pitch. Yeah. In fact, Graham Gooch said that was the only yeah. time. It was in nineteen ninety. It was the only time he feared for his life. It was either 86 or 90. Yeah. He said he feared for his life. He was in Jamaica. Uh, Devon Malcolm, you're quite right. Yeah. I mean, the fastest spell I've seen previous to today here would have been Flintoff, I think, in the 2009 mm. Ashes, where he just sustained his pace on the fourth or fifth day. I think it was the fifth day fantastically well. But he didn't have quite that really threat to your your well-being, actually. I mean, it was fast. He was hitting the bat really hard and, you know, it was really insistent. But somehow Archer gets that extra lift which threatens your head. And that's yeah. where it gets really nasty. Well, one really ball, worrying. One ball's clocked at 96 points something. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. that, that is, that is seriously rapid, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, um, that's about 0.4 of a second you've got time to, to play it. I remember watching Malcolm Marshall bowl on a really flat pitch in, in Bristol in a, in a one-day game. This was this was in the early part of his career when he was he was rapid in those days. I mean, they all talk. They, actually, you listen to the old players and they sort of talk in hushed tones a little bit about mm. Malcolm Marshall. He's I think he was the greatest West Indian fast bowler of them all. Um, yeah, I asked Jeffrey the other day actually, Jeffrey Boycott, yeah. who he would like out of all the the great bowlers he's played yeah. with or against. 
And he said Marshall yeah. would be his number one. But he, but he, he sort of, not slowed down, but he, 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 he sort of steadied himself towards the end, didn't he? You know, he swung it, and mm. he was a really clever bowler. But when he started, he was quick. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that Archer today reminded me of, of mm. that sort of rapidity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So England, they did, I think, pretty well in the end to bowl Australia out for 250. There wasn't a lot in the pitch. Smith obviously got his 90 in two kind of different attempts. But I think England, to get a lead, 250, you know, was a nothing score. So to get a slight lead was was good actually a good effort by that four pronged attack overall Stuart ball four wickets Chris Wokes three Archer only two and that incredibly fast spell was one for 31 never never had the figures eight over two mains one for 31 been so misleading do, do, you think, do you think Archer bowled too much do you think that England have to be very careful how they use him he bowled 29 overs at yeah. one point just seemed, lot. To, seemed to be bowling all the time but he has if bowled that's over three days though yeah that's true if, if you're root you can totally understand why you want Archer bowling as much as possible you know one day game, can only bowl ten overs. You have to, has to be used sparingly in little spells. Test match, you know that temptation. Uh, you know, mm. des- you're desperate to win as a captain, aren't you? Mm. And, and presumably, Archer's going to say, "Yeah, I'll bowl, I'll bowl," because mm. you, you know you're you're young and you're enthusiastic and you're playing in your first Test match and there's thirty thousand people in the ground. But do you, do you think he, he just needs to be held back a little bit and just bowl in four or five over spells? Yes, probably. I think it depends how he's going to bowl. And this is the point I said I made mm. yesterday. You know, how, what sort of bowler is he going to be? Is he going to be a line bowler who just nags away at, at a decent pace? Or is he going to be an explosive bowler like today and really give batsmen some chin music? If he's going to do the chin music, he should only bowl four or five overs. If he can bowl within himself, six or seven. Yeah. People who watch him at Sussex, I haven't seen this, but people who watch him at Sussex say, in, in Championship cricket, he sort of does bowl, you know, nicely, a bit of pace, within, mm. sort of within himself. And yeah. then when he senses an opportunity, he goes up again. He's, I thought... Right, you saw yeah. that today, didn't you? Because yeah. he was, he was, you know, he was bowling well, and then suddenly he sort of, he really cracked it that's up. Quite right, and there were twenty-two out of twenty-four successive deliveries over ninety miles an hour. Yeah. Sometimes with fast bowling, you just find a rhythm. You know, there are days when you run up and bowl and try really hard, and you charge into bowling, fling it down, and it just sort of comes out of your hand like a wet fart, really. And other days. You, you're not, you don't feel as if you're really with it. In fact, I had a day once at Bristol, in your old county, Gloucestershire, where I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't really kind of clued in, and suddenly the ball was flying out of my hand, and I got 6 or 20, bounced all of Gloucestershire out. So, I mean, they weren't very good, to be fair, <laughs> but uh, you know, slight difference between that and this. But it's funny how fast bowling can be like that. You know, days when you least expect. What I thought was really impressive about Archer was he did... You know, crank it up just when England really needed something, maybe stirred by the adversary Smith because he hadn't bowled at him all that much. He'd only had two balls against Smith in the match from the pavilion end until today. And today, when he got his chance from the pavilion end, he really did. Yeah, it does make you realise when you watch Take Archer it. bowl. Yes. When you watch Archer, what it must have been like to f- you, you forget in time, you know, in your memory phase to face four, four fast bowlers. Patrick who Patterson. Were bowling. Yeah. That's you know, not perhaps ninety six, but yeah. you know, consistently four at the and, ninety and bowling, miles an and hour. And bowling short, mm. you know, which comes off at different heights. Because not only is that sort of threatening your life and limbs and everything, but it's very hard to score off. Mm. You know, you can only score behind the wicket. You're taking a risk by pulling or cutting or trying to hook. So it it means not only are you unlikely to survive very long, potentially, but also you can't get any runs. And that's, you know, Archer. So Archer bowled 29 overs. He only went for under two and over. Yeah. 
One other point I'd like to make just on the view of the England batting is Joe Root. He's come in today, number three. He's got out first ball for naught. That can happen. But I think what separates him from the other three real batting Galacticos in the world game, Smith, Williamson and, and Coley, is I think he's vulnerable, or more vulnerable, let's say, outside off stump than the others. I think the others, and especially Smith, we've seen him do this, but also Williamson and Coley, look to get over towards the offside, almost outside the off stump, and try and counter that corridor of uncertainty, and often working it into the leg side for runs. So they've kind of almost owned that fourth, fifth stump channel. Root doesn't. He stands leg side and looks to try and hit offside. Mm. And I think that's what distinguishes him. He's still a good player, of course, and he's averaging just under 50. But I think that's what separates him from the others at the moment. He doesn't own that channel outside off. What, he what? tends to, to look to try and sort of almost slice the ball or square drive the ball on fourth or fifth stump, whereas those others are actually looking to hit it straight or even to leg. Should he bat four? I mean, if you, you he's, he's a great batter at number three. He's perfect at number three if England have a good opening pair. Mm. But, you know, Jason Roy just doesn't look right opening the batting. So the, the chances are Roots always are going to be coming in in the first five overs. And that's tough yeah. for a captain. I mean, Je- Jeffrey makes the point. Roots the best player. He's the captain. He wants to bat at four. You let your best player bat in the position they want to bat. But they, he's sort of being... Yeah, you've got to think of the, you've got to think well, of the situation of the team as well. And it's also the hardest place to bat. To pitching in somebody who mm. hasn't played many test matches to bat at number three seems a bit unfair. But I, I guess you know what you have to look at is how good are the opening pair and how likely is your best player to be coming in in the first five overs. Well, at the moment, very likely. Yeah, and what, what do England do? I suppose it very much depends on, on the result here. I mean, if they go 2-0 down in the series, I mean, you feel that's just about Ashley's gone. If they, if, they lose, yeah. if they lose tomorrow, 2-0 down, I think only one team in the history of the game has ever come back from 2-0 down in the series. That, that was, was probably about 18, 20. It was in the 1930s. Okay, yeah. So, you know, is it incredibly hard? Do you then restructure your team? Mm. Uh, for, for the next test match at Heading well, it's, not, it's not easy of course because everyone's all the people who are outside the team at the moment are playing T20s it's yeah. very hard it to come in and play hard. red ball cricket yeah there, there's some championship cricket coming up actually uh, but, but not, not long much. obviously yeah. and not long between first, no. second and third test well Sam Curran's going to play two days for, for Surrey Sorry. isn't he and then if he if he, get, if he is selected in the squad for the test match he'll, he'll pull that after two days I mean the one guy I really worry about in this team isn't Jason Roy because I think Jason Roy might find a spot at number four I just worry about Joe Denley. Yeah. I just think a bit like James Vince, he looks pretty, he looks stylish, and then he just gets out. And he gets out in funny ways. Yeah. And he did today again. Yeah, he, he played one delightful shot. Actually, the and ball he was out before next he was ball. out. Yeah, and he pushed, pushed one back in. It was a strange dismissal, really. Okay, state of the game then. So, so what's. What, 104 lead. 104 lead, six wickets left, 98 overs in the final day, and we're supposed to get them all. The, the one issue is, you know, potential shower all bad light at the end of the day's play uh, I reckon to get all 98 overs the way they're bowling at the moment it might, might take us to about half past seven so we might not get all uh, you know, 98 overs in, oh. in the day but we're supposed to get n- nearly all of them. What, what's your what's your sort of you know pecking order? Very good. I, Australia I, draw, England tie, or is it something completely different? Well, I think the way that uh, the bowlers bowled this evening, the amount of help they were getting on the pitch, the chances they created, 
I rather feel England are going to be bowled out for under 200. In, you know, so they'll get another 75 maybe, something yeah. about 80 runs, 180 odd to win, I'd say 190 to win. Yeah. Interesting game. Yeah. I, I'd make Australia slight favourites for that. So if England get 220, say, or two or set them 230, draw. You, you think draw, they won't, they, won't, they won't chase them down? Do you think I, England could bowl them out? I, I think they need a person who really turns the ball, and I don't think Jack Leach does. Yeah. You don't think the seamers could do it on a... On a no, well, it's not a fifth-day pitch in one sense, yeah. but it's, I mean, the players think this pitch is up and down mm. and they think it's two-paced. Yeah. And you look at the scores of the game so far, 258, 250. If you're talking about 230 to win, you're talking about 220 all out. Uh, so you know, are, you, are you saying that in the fourth What's, innings, Australia might... You know, I think if England trend? get more than 200 lead, it's probably going to be a draw. Right. If they get less than two hundred lead, they'll lose. Right. So you don't you don't really see. What do you think? Well, I think it, I I think England got an outside. I think England got a outside chance of winning. Chance. I think they if they get two twenty, so set them two thirty to win. I think there's a chance that England could win the game. You know, really late on, under you know, get wickets under pressure. Australia's lower order. I'm not saying they will. I think they they could. Obviously, if if England. Fall in a heap tomorrow morning, 150 to win. Then you'd back Australia to to get there. They might have a few casualties on the way, but you'd, you'd back them to to get there. I don't know. I, I I've always I felt for quite a long time in this game. I just there's a sort of hunch. I, it, it won't be a draw. Of course, it could it could be a draw. It can be a draw. I can see exactly. Right, okay, it would, so would be a draw. Lay, lay your money on on the line then. Well, You're I'm going to have a fiver. <laughs> I'm having a fiver on Australia to win. What are you having a fiver on? Oh, gosh, come on. You can't, you, you can't sit on the fence. It's only a fiver, all right? Oh. It's a pint. Um, I don't like giving anything away. I don't like losing anything. I just think it's, re- I think it's really hard to say what's going to happen on the final day. I, I, honestly, I can make cases for, for all sorts. You can even make a case for a tie. We had a tie here four weeks, four <laughs> yeah, weeks ago, didn't that's true. You Two make, ties. You can make a case for anything. OK, I'm going to say... Of course you get a tie at Lord's. <laughs> it's, where you, it's what you have to wear <laughs> when you're here. I... Uh, it, it, I think it's really okay. I'm going to go draw. Okay, I'm going to go draw. Yeah. Okay. But I think. Right. But I think. So if Australia, England I think win, Australia got a great so, chance. I think England got a chance. So I really if, do think England if, got a chance. If England as well. win, we're quits. If Australia <laughs> win, I'm getting a fiver off you. If it's a draw, I'm giving you a fiver. All right. Okay, that's fair enough. I've actually backed Australia to win the game, but I, I, I don't know. Would if England, were, if Australia were 104 ahead with six wickets left tonight, would you back England to win the game? Do you sort of mean if, no. if, the, if the roles are reversed? Because England, not... no, I wouldn't because I don't think they've got a, a, a really potent spinner. Right. And I think Lyon was just right. causing so many problems, certainly to the left-handers, which I don't think Leach will to the Australian right-handers. Yeah. So that's the difference. Right. Anyway, we'll let you know which of us <laughs> has won the bet this time tomorrow. Thank you very much for listening, and good luck to both teams, and let's have no more injuries. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can't wait for tomorrow. I mean, we've got as good a game tomorrow as we could possibly have hoped for with all the bad weather we've had in the last few days, haven't we? Podcast Network.